0: Hello and welcome to The Huddle, Boomers Reaction Pod. Australia whacking Nigeria today. 108-69, a 39-point victory to the green and gold. Uh, Super impressive performance. Um, Key guys sitting out. No Paddy Mills, no Della Vadova, no Joe Ingles, no Aaron Baines. Uh, No problems. Chris Golding lit it up. Josh Giddy got a whole bunch of run and um, our squad just well and truly took care of business. And I've got Damien Martin coming on to break it all down. Um, of course, Olympian, a man who, like Matisse Thibel, knows what it feels like to block Kevin Durant. And um, we're going to go through it, all the ins and the outs of today's game. So sit back, relax. Up next, Damian. Martin. Alright, Damo is here. Uh, we are about 10-15 minutes after that one wrapped. A 39-point demolition by the Boomers taking care <laughs> of business against the D Tigers. Damo, no Joe, no Dally, no Patty, no Bainsy, no problems.
1: It was so good. When I saw the starting five, because I tuned in right at tip-off, I'm like, oh, hang on, what's going on here? And I thought, look, it makes sense, obviously. We're preparing for the olympics we're not just trying to win this tournament so resting those guys you would named uh i just thought it was a great opportunity to see what the other guys were going to do and they did not disappoint you know anything from i thought it was Sobe's best game by far mm-hmm. uh, out of the three games so far getting to see josh giddy out there was exciting you know Thiebel, i have become his biggest fan over the course of the last couple of games but, you know, Jock Landau again shows why he's more than capable of holding his own at that level and, and I believe should be in the NBA. But after the 40 minutes, it did become the Chris Goulding show. And <laughs> as, a, as a guy that is teammates and friends with him, I was over the moon to see it. But I think the thing that spoke volumes was when I received a text message from a friend of mine who's a, a diehard Wildcat supporter can't stand Melbourne United and in his words he's probably uh, like he thinks he's an Aussie battler down on his like and probably could have schooled Chris Goulding had he been given the opportunity but to get a message from my mate and it said I can't believe I'm saying this but I'm now a fan of Chris Goulding I was like that's how good he is and he just went to another level he is a world-class shooter and and he put that on display
0: oh he absolutely blew up so for those there might be some people tuning in who worked today, weren't able to watch the game, and then they see the score and they go, you know what? I'm just going to listen to Damo. <laughs> so the starters were Sobi, Exum, Thibel, Kay, <laughs> and Landale. But uh, some of those guys didn't play a lot of minutes. Thibault, Kay, Landale, and Exum all in the teens, 14, mm-hmm. 15, 17 minutes. And from there, it was uh, Sobe, Dwapree, Josh Giddy, Chris Golding, as you say, Josh Green and Xavier Cooks all played 20 plus minutes. And then those mm. four key guys obviously didn't play today. We got out by nine early, closed out the first quarter well. And from there, really just never looked back, blew it out. We could have, I mean, it almost was going to become a 50 point game. As you say, Chris Golding got hot late. Early on though, and Chris spoke about this post game, He said, uh, we came out locked in defensively. And that really has been the trademark of this team over the first few warm-up games. My goodness, at the defensive end, they are seriously advanced in terms of the pressure, the the intensity, but then also just schematically and how Mm. well they're rotating, how quickly they are there to help each other out. And then the scramble, it's deflection city with that team right now. You as a defensive-minded guy must be loving what they're doing at that end of the floor.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because when you've got five guys that are all buying in and backing each other up, the the help defense has been incredible. You've got world-class talent. So at times, defenders are going to get beaten off the dribble. But when it's five on five, not one on one, it's incredible how different it can be when all the guys are buying in. So, yeah, someone gets beaten off the dribble but you've still got to beat four other guys because everyone's Mm. jumping to the ball. They're playing with their hands above their waist. They're getting deflections. They're closing out. Yeah. I've loved it from a defensive end. And then when you've got some defensive specialists in particular, like games one and two, because of the defense structure that Gorge has implemented and then gives him the opportunity to go to another level and really show what he's capable at that end. And he's just in a class of his own when it comes to the defensive end and, and then other guys feed off that energy feed off those stops and the way they're celebrating stops or hard closeouts mm. or, you know, deflections is like someone's getting an alleyoop dunk, like they're hitting a big three. And that's what you want to see because, you know, they're playing with a purpose, they're playing with efficiency and they're playing with urgency, but it's controlled urgency. They're not running yeah. around with their, you know, heads cut off like mm. a chook. Um, yeah, I've loved what I'm seeing at the defensive end and that's why they're breaking teams because other teams don't want to match that intensity at times. Mm at the defensive end, and they're taking the easy way out by a one-on-one move or a pull-up shot. And, you know, the boomers will live with that.
0: Yeah, and, and even down the other end as well, their own defensive intensity. So, like, for example, we we don't give up any uncontested shots. Like, mm. it's even if it's a super late scramble and a guy's running out to, to get a hand up, down the other end, you see sometimes there's a pick and pop and it's, it's uh, Jock or it's Nick Kay or it's Dwap Reith, and they go... We're just going to stay at home and let you shoot that and we'll, we'll play the percentages. Whereas our guys, the rotations are already there mm. a step or two earlier. And it's, man, it's been super
1: impressive. It is. And Gorge is a defense-minded coach. Uh, and Gorge gets the best out of his players. But, you know, combine that. Like, I just love the coaching staff he's got. Imagine when Gorge gets announced as head coach. You know, he's got a plethora of former boomers who are now high basketball IQ coaches within their own right. And then Adam, Adam Caporn was kind of being the prodigy of the next big thing to happen with coaching in Australia. But it'd be a lot of fun. But those guys know the difference between fun and determination to win a gold. And players like Paddy, you know, Paddy, Joe, Bainesy Daly, they're leaders of this team. But they once admired and looked up to Matty Nielsen, who was their captain. So just that engagement between this is the game plan we're playing, not only for the playing group, but for the coaching staff for our nation. You know, I just love everything about what I've seen in the first three games. And, you know, I can't wait for Saturdays. And then more importantly, the Tokyo Olympics, because, you know, you just can't help but getting really excited about this playing group.
0: We're going to break down a little bit more about today. But you're talking about Matisse Thiebel there before and the impact he's had. Who, Who did it better? Blocking KD, Damian Martin in, <laughs> in Rio in 2016 or Thibault yesterday?
1: Well, hang on. I need to know I need to know whether you're going to show replays of it because if you're not showing replays, mine was way better. <laughs> like, he was trying to throw that thing down. If you're showing replays, he kind of turned and almost handed me the ball, so I better go with Thibault. Uh, but no, I, I was watching that clip and just like, oh, he doesn't – Durant rarely gets blocked when he's at the height of his shot. I managed to get him when he was still going into it. You know, that just shows what a world-class athlete Thibault is. But that's not like it's his only shot, block, uh, block shot of the game. He must have had seven in the mm. first two games. He is just everywhere. And I love it. Like, he is a game changer at the defensive end. But for the sake of that question, don't show a replay and let's just go with me and take <laughs> you. Actually, when that happened, my wife tweeted him. She got caught up in the moment, 37 weeks pregnant in Perth. <laughs> And tweeted him saying, ha ha, my husband has stole the ball off you. Worst trash talk of all time. I don't think KD lost any sleep. But uh, yeah, I'll never forget
0: that. Have you ever checked the box score? Did you get a block or a steal in the box score officially?
1: Good. I've never actually checked Um yeah I'd have no idea what they credited with me Um but I'm it goes going down to in history as block. a block it goes down <laughs> for sure. you you Precious Achua, and Matisse Thibel. you're the only guys really
0: who can block <laughs> we'll take it we'll take it <laughs> Kevin Durant um, all right let's look at the numbers from today let's let's start with Chris Goldie because 21 points seven of seven from the three-point line he was On fire, completely lost his mind from long range. Mike Brown was joking with him on the sideline, asking him if he could miss one. Then he hits another, turns around and laughs (laughs) at the Nigerian coach. Um, He led the way, as I said, with 21. And he was a big part of us shooting 18 of 29 from long range, 69%, sorry, 62% on 18 makes. The whole team, Chris in particular, and Fuego from long range.
1: It's just amazing. The ball movement was so good, Mm. but everybody knows who's the player to get the ball to. And when you're hot like that, I thought they did a good job of moving the ball. But at the end of the day, he still had to get open uh, and he still had to knock down the shots. So it's two ways, having a high basketball IQ, bigs willing to set good screens, calling the right players at the right times, but then Goulding just saying, all right, it's time to shine. And, and he did that. And there were some tough ones he made as well. And it's, it's not like it just got hot tonight. Against the US, he was big time again. It's like he goes to another level when they get to play the US uh, and then carried it on tonight. And, and it's so nice. I remember listening to, uh, actually, just a couple of days ago, you interviewed John really, one mm-hmm. of the assistant coaches. And it's almost like you were trying to get out of him to name an individual player that really stood out uh, during the training sessions in L.A., and he refused to, you know, point out individuals. Instead, he just goes, the depth is what stood out the most. And we saw that tonight. You know, four of the starting five didn't play any minutes. Uh, guys like Kay and Landau barely played. But finally, I got to see Reith. Like, I thought he was so good. Mm-hmm. Goulding was incredible. So he had his best game. Giddy knocks down some threes, creates for others. Like, it was just a fun game to watch if you're an Australian spectator for a number of reasons. And normally, this time of the game, our post-game, we're saying, how good was Paddy? Instead, we're mentioning all these other fellas, which is great. Uh,
0: eight eight guys all knocked down triples, including your boy Nick K, who has been really, really impressive. You must enjoy what he's doing right now.
1: Yeah, definitely. I, I didn't get to see much of many of his games uh, last season in Europe, uh, but to see what he's doing again on the international stage... You know, I think he was a fine line of making the team or not for World Cup a couple of years ago. Yeah, And then when they saw what he could do at that level and then backed up with the you know, U.S. games and, and now this, he is an established boomers player, an automatic pick and, and not disappointing. I thought he's had three great games so far and just continues to evolve. And anyone that's been fortunate enough to play alongside him, he has that work ethic. He has that dedication to perfection that he will continue to get better while his body allows it. And he's still got his best years to come from an age perspective because normally you're peaking around 27 to 30. And yeah, it's exciting as a Mick K fan to see where he goes on to. Yeah.
0: And, and he is he's a key piece for this campaign, a really key piece. was talking about it with Bogues yesterday about, yesterday about his impact at the offensive end, you know, as, mm. a, as a guy who can play off the elbows and do a little bit of what Bogues – has been doing for the team for for such a long time. But defensively, he's one of the best in terms of the rotations and having each other's back. You know, he played for Trevor for a few years. Trevor obviously uses that phrase a lot, but he is there instantly to, to rotate across. And then, you know, you've got the length of all those guys on the perimeter on that second lot of rotations to the perimeter. Nick, I think, It might be flying a little under the radar how important he's going to be over the course of these next couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, I agree, especially defensively. So I I think the biggest loss or the biggest change between the Rio team and this one is Bogut at the defensive end. When you get to play alongside him, you realize how valuable he is in particular at that end because he just controls the ship. He's got Mm. such a high basketball IQ. He's vocal, he kind of reads the play before it's even happened, and Nick's that mould. Now, Nick's not seven foot and as athletic as Bogut was, but Nick has such a high basketball IQ, and he plays every possession like it's his last, and he's his harshest critic if he makes a mistake. The first time I got to play alongside him was uh, on the Gold Coast for the the, um, Comm Games, so we weren't teammates at Perth then. And I just remember every time we walked out of a huddle, you know, Andre Lamanis was the coach at the time. We might be blowing this on ball or greening or redding, whatever the terminology was. He never made a mistake. I think we went two weeks as teammates and he never once made an on ball error. Uh, it's just one of those guys you love to call a teammate and the boomers would be saying the same thing. Love having Nick out there because he always has you back. He never lets you down.
0: Was that when the tampering uh, started uh, working on Nick to come across? We didn't
1: negotiate uh, <laughs> until he was officially off contract. Uh, okay. right.
0: <laughs> ask Bevo, ask Bevo. <laughs> okay, we'll ask last, last Bevo. Uh, back on CG, because those of us who have been watching his whole career know that he's been a world-class shooter, um, shot, you know, I mean, what's the way, shot creator, shot maker, um, he's been able to do that and now there's been question marks about his, his ability early on in his career, especially at the defensive end. And that's probably why he wasn't getting the kind of, you know, the kind of looks internationally, especially in the States, perhaps at that NBA level that many of us thought he was, you know, get, working towards being worthy of. Since the 2016 Rio Olympics, I feel he took a big defensive leap at that time to become a part of that squad and to earn the trust to get out and play minutes. And then in the last few years under Dean Vickerman, he has continued to improve each and every year in that regard. And now he just did that on a big stage. Now it's not at the Olympics, but there were, I mean, that place was teeming full of NBA executives today. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm told um, the majority of teams that had lottery picks, had a representative there in the building. Messiah Giri was there for the Raptors. David Griffin mm-hmm. was there from the Pelicans. All those, a lot of those other teams that are in. Now, he's 32. Um, a guy at, at his age who does what he does, don't internationally, don't usually get looks at the NBA level. But on the back of what he did today, is it completely and utterly out of the
1: question? It's not out of the question, but he would have to do a few more times during the Olympics. He can play in the NBA. I have no doubt about that. And in the NBA, I'm not a GM, but it seems like you've got your superstars and then you've got your role guys. And he would be a guy that is going to demand spacing. So he can just sit in a corner, come off pin downs, and you've got to guard him while your superstars are creating off the dribble or in the on-ball situation. So he'd be perfect if you got a a ball-heavy point guard or a big you want to roll it into because they can't sag off him. If he was 24 or 25 mm. putting on that display, you'd think it'd be a no-brainer. I- I'd love to see the opportunity given because he wouldn't disappoint the team that selects him. Uh, it's just a shame that, like you, unfortunately, uh, at his age right now, I don't know if anyone will. But the exciting thing is, if a club does, one, I don't think you'll disappoint. But secondly, it's going to be a club that's going to be a championship contender, not rebuilding. So it's going to be someone who needs a space guy, not a world-class three-point shooter. So it'd be pretty cool if all of a sudden he's going to a finals bound team uh, to help them achieve a championship. And, you know, you put together a good Olympic campaign and he's deserving of it. And hopefully someone says, you know what? We need a 10th guy knockdown shooter. And he can work his way into the rotation a little bit more once he's in the team. So fingers crossed. It'd be brilliant for not only Goulding, but for the NBL.
0: What we do know is he's in this team and he's in incredible form. (laughs) He's just flowing with... I mean, Chris is flowing with confidence at the worst of times. But right now he's in a beautiful space (laughs) heading towards Tokyo. Uh, I guess that brings the conversation towards Josh Giddy. We're talking about NBA scouts. He got a whole bunch of run today. What did he get? Uh, 24 minutes, um, 14 points, four rebounds, three assists. I um, uh, had three turnovers was a little bit of a mixed bag. He certainly showed his ability to shoot the ball, which has been much improved over the past six, nine months. Um, Again, we talk about the scouts that were there in the building, the majority of lottery teams represented. I talked about Masai Ujiri, David Griffin, these type of guys. What was your take on his performance today in the green and gold?
1: Oh, look, I was, I was grinning from ear to ear. obviously, Well, in my opinion, he looked maybe a little nervous to start, which is completely to be expected. You forget how young he is, but he's also playing for the Boomers, the senior level, you know, preparing for an Olympic campaign that he's helped the guys, you know, push along to. So, you know, whether we see him on Saturday or not, doesn't matter. I thought he was absolutely fantastic and and showed enough for the scouts to be excited and just a facilitating game and, and getting to see him up close with how tall he is that length but then also the vision and his passing ability that that has to excite gms that were in the crowd tonight
0: what did you make of it from a um from a boomers team standpoint and the selection i mean it was a big talking point the fact that he wasn't included in the final 12 guys like nathan Sobey, josh green selected above him as you said off the top soby was really good today Really good. Got the start, I thought, from a ball handling perspective, running the team. He didn't look uncomfortable against the ball pressure from the Nigerian guys like he maybe did against Argentina, I thought, in the first game. Um, From, you know, he's obviously knocking down shots, his ability to attack the rim, and then defensively up the floor. He did a Damian Martin type um, thing where he drew the offensive foul on the inbounds in the backcourt, got an extra possession for his team. What did he end up with, so 15 points, four rebounds, five assists. He was two of three from long range, just two turnovers. Really impressive performance from him. But in the context of, of Giddy being out, Sobe being in, what did you make of all of that from today?
1: Yeah, there's there's two debates, I'd say. And to be honest, I was surprised that Gorge didn't take Giddy based off, you know, four Olympics ago. He took a very young Paddy Mills and a very young Joe Ingalls Four moments like these to be two, three, and now four time Olympians who are going to determine to an extent whether we win gold, silver, or bronze. Uh, and I thought Giddy was going to be that guy, the young guy that, yep, we're just going to throw him in. Maybe he doesn't see court time in Tokyo, but he needs this experience because he's going to be a part of it for a long time. So there is that side to it. Uh, but I actually am glad he took Sobi, based on the fact that it's a, like, you can't explain in words how much it means to you or what you feel the moment you've been told you've been selected mm-hmm. and even better than that is the moment you get to pass that news on to your mum and dad or your coaches or your wife or your, you know whoever it may be like that is the greatest feeling an athlete can ever you know experience and and sobi was is one of the best current 12 players that were available for selection and i think he deserved to have his name called out You know, will he be there in three years' time when guys like Giddy Green, there's a plethora of young point guards and shooting guards coming through. Ben Simmons might make himself available. Who knows? Maybe not. But right now, is he one of the best 12 that are available? I think he is. And he was deserving of that selection off the back of an incredible NBL season. And just, you know, these things shouldn't be taken away from you. Planning ahead, and, and I'm glad that he, he got to experience it because he gets to call himself Olympian for the rest of his career. And like we saw tonight, he will help these guys. He mm. might have been a little quiet in games one and two, but you know you don't want Paddy and Deli playing huge minutes every single game. You need to be able to sub them out so they're feeling fresh come semifinals, grand final, and uh, and he'll be able to offer that.
0: Yeah, I, I was I was really hoping for this kind of game from Soaps mm. because. A couple of years ago in the lead up to the 2019 World Cup, when Dre picked him as one of the last guys on that roster, in the warm-up games against Canada, uh, he played extended minutes and it didn't go well. Mm. He, he, He was very uncomfortable against the ball pressure and we struggled to get into any offense. He struggled to initiate our offense. And as a result, I felt like maybe Dre lost confidence in him moving into the tournament and for the rest of the campaign. And then we saw, and I was chatting with Bogues about this yesterday uh, the impact that those key guys in the backcourt playing a whole bunch of minutes, all tournament long ended up yeah. having where um, they weren't able to have fresh legs down the stretch. Whereas I thought Sobey today, like you said, really showed he could be relied upon to come in and play minutes, be a part of the rotation if necessary, but also in a game where we've got things for the most part in hand, he can come in, run the show for long stretches of time. He's a much, much improved player from that guy two years ago. And he looks more like he's ready for this moment.
1: Yeah, he definitely needed tonight. I, I completely agree. And the other one that can help a lot with uh, giving some time on the bench for, for Paddy and Deli. Is obviously Dante Exxon. I mean, I was rooming with him in Lithuania when he, uh, you know, ruptured his Achilles tendon, I think it was the Achilles or the knee. And, you know, that guy was on a pathway to being an Olympian, you know, being a mantelpiece or a core part of the the group. And then just injury after injury. He's just such a good guy. He's such a good person. And to see him looking fit and healthy and aggressive, like his aggression on the ring is crazy. Uh, I'm loving it. But, it also means you can rely upon him to get out there, get the ball down the court, get the guys into some sets. So between he, Sobes, uh, whoever's called upon, it would be good that when there's a you know a blowout or you know some minutes here and there, then Paddy, who uh, should have been Olympic Rio All-Star five of the last Olympics, mm. um, you know when those guys need a rest, they can put their hand up and be full of confidence that we're going to be fine.
0: Do breathe. 17 <laughs> points today. Our team's second leading scorer, a uh, good WA guy. Oh yeah. Um, you talk about Dante X, and he was the mystery man of his draft class a few years ago. Do what the mystery man of this, this team, this boomers team and this campaign, because a, a lot of people haven't seen much of him over the course of his career thus far. Uh, the Wildcats. It, it sounds like they've missed out on the man trained with the, the cats ahead of last season and then uh, the reports are that he's signed in Illawarra, not yet um, announced by the team. But uh, you must have enjoyed seeing what, what he was able to do today.
1: Oh, I'd be making a million phone calls to confirm <laughs> or deny <laughs> whether the Hawks deal is done. And if it's not, oh man, he'd be, he'd be the player. Don't worry about getting a, a big import. Mm-hmm. Go and get him. Have that W.A. boy <laughs> that, uh, that the Wildcats love. Look, I've been so impressed with him. Uh, I, that tonight, today's game showed that he can stretch the floor, knock mm. down a three, but his physical presence, he is, you know, I thought he was fantastic. He rattled off the numbers, but he just, yeah, he's a lot better player than that I was expecting at this level. And he looks comfortable, like he's just going to continue to get better. He's still so young as well. And if the Hawks have managed to sign him, that may be the pickup of the off-season. I know Adelaide are obviously happy to get McCarron, who's a star. But Reith coming to the Hawks is big time. And just imagine Tyler Harvey in a pick and roll with Reith. you got the float game, a drop-off to him, a pick and pop. It's going to create nightmares. And, yeah, it's going to be fun to watch, though.
0: While we're talking about those NBL guys, uh, Xavier Cook's got extended run today. Mm. Uh, emergency alongside Josh Giddy, 23 minutes. Um, not big numbers, but... Looked really good out there. I love his ability to pull it off the rim, attack in transition, um, and then, you know, make plays. We saw he actually played really key fourth quarter minutes in the win over the U.S. the other day. Um, There's, I mean, if any of those guys go down, like touch wood, we hope nothing like like that happens, but he looks well and truly ready to go, step in and and join the team if necessary.
1: Yeah, I don't really know, Xavier. Um well off the court at all to be honest but he's one of those guys that even when you're competing against him you just think I, I think he's a ball like I like that guy I respect him as a person and a player and I feel like whatever role Gorge gives him or any coach he's ever had gives him he embraces it and plays it to the best of his ability and he's got a high ability so you know starting the game with a dunk against the US while in the green and gold backing up with extended minutes tonight like you know, it He's just one of those guys that when he's going to be called upon for whatever role it might be, whether it's in the 12, emergency, he's just I think he's just going to always put his hand up and say, yeah, I'm good to go. And, and I've, I respect that. But he, he can play two through five and play some small ball when required. So, yeah, I know his teammates in Sydney really liked him as a teammate uh, and a bloke. And, yeah, you can start to see why just with the energy and enthusiasm he plays with.
0: So, 39-point win. Today. in Yesterday, chatting with Bogues after the win over Team USA, we were sort of previewing today's game against Nigeria. And he said, oh, Look, it'll be a, the ultimate game of, of chess here because there's no way Gorge is playing those key guys. You know, he's talking about yeah. Patty, Joey, in the Andy he sat Delly and Bainesy as well and we were having the conversation like that makes sense for a whole bunch of reasons but then there's some counter arguments you you want to maintain momentum keep going and keep winning games and keep uh you know the the momentum in that regard and also the potential kind of psychological blow you can place Mm. on Nigeria ahead of that first pool game by getting a win over them in the end we did all three of those things (laughs) (laughs)
1: So,
0: just perfect outcome all in all
1: and it really was like, like I said, I, I tuned in right at tip off. So when I saw the starting five, I'm like, okay, that's the route Gorge decided to go. But to inflict such imagine Nigeria preparing for the boomers going, okay, if we play these eight guys who don't normally play extended minutes, be careful they can beat us by 35. <laughs> but when Patty, Deli, Bainesy, Joe are out there, be careful of this as well. So, no, it was just a, a great performance, a great lead-up game. But, you know, the guys, these games are important, in particular probably the first two. You know, Nigeria, they don't want to give away anything because they're in the same pool. But now, they, I know they've still got the U.S. and you're always going to get excited when you play the U.S., but they're starting to think, Tokyo, you know, they just want to be on a plane now preparing for game one. They've seen enough. They've played alongside each other and against opponents now to just be, they must be chomping at the bit to be getting on a plane and just landing in the athlete's village.
0: Any other team, any other group, I, I might start to think, oh, I wonder if a result like this on the flip side might um, bring about some complacency in that first pool game and say, wow, well, we, we didn't have our foot. We didn't, you know, we didn't even need us, those main guys, will be thinking, we're going to roll in and take care of business. But I have no fear of that with this group. <laughs> they are on such a mission. They understand that slip-ups can happen, that turnarounds can happen at that international level, and that if they don't mm. bring their A game
1: right from the jump, things could go pear-shaped. You're exactly right. And I remember uh, at Rio, in Rio, after every pool game that we won, like it'd be Bogues, uh, Delhi, Paddy, Joe... We haven't done anything yet. We haven't done anything yet. Don't get mm. too excited. Mm. And like what you, like I love listening to Patty and Joe talk in, in this group in particular because it's their fourth Olympics. You know, you don't get paid anything to play for the boomers at the Olympics. It's purely for the passion, purely for the, the ability to represent your country on the highest stage. What you hear them say, it's not for, you know, it's not just thrown away because they've got a camera in front of them and a, and a microphone. They believe everything you're hearing through your TV screen. The, the passion that Patty shows for this nation is real. The dedication Joe's showing by putting his hand up and going to his fourth link campaign when, you know, after a long NBA season, you must be feeling sore. Mm. You know, that's the reason why I genuinely believe they're going to do something really special because they're going to be so grounded and they've got that great combination of sheer talent, but also knowing what it takes, uh, youthful enthusiasm, but with the leadership group they've got, I just, yeah, it's just it's just really exciting. And, and I, I noticed that when I had Bogut literally just saying, we haven't done anything yet, mm-hmm. and but we haven't done anything yet, we're gonna win a gold. And that combination of being humble yet driven and having that confidence that has been earned, um, yeah, I think I think you've been seeing it the last part, past few games, combined with great you know game plans, some excellent shooting displays. Like if we can shoot like this for the next couple of weeks, you know, just yeah, it's gonna be you're definitely gonna see them on the podium. Uh,
0: so the final one of these warm up games in a few days, um, a second matchup against Team USA. Now, my, I would think there's there's gonna be no gamesmanship involved. In that. I would think that this is this is a this is our final warm-up game, a chance that let's this is another chance to everyone plays. We're starting to get closer to what our rotation is probably gonna look like for the most part. Get all the guys out on the floor, no need to rest anyone. Now, of course, if Baines is still sore with his knee, mm-hmm. then you're not gonna extend him necessarily. But for the most part, I would think it would be looked at as our last opportunity to put go full throttle. Who knows, maybe even get another win over the U.S. You talk about what kind of psychological blow that could inflict, three in a row over them. Um, Is that how you would see us approaching that final warm-up game?
1: Yeah, I'll I'll be starting the the usual guys, um, the first half in particular. Now, I think U.S. are going to try and give Australia their their best effort Mm. because they have had a poor campaign. Now, they had a, a good win against Argentina today. They looked like they were playing with a bit more urgency but you know they've lost to Australia what, two out of the last three times they've crossed over, whatever it may be now. And I think that you're going to see the best of the US for what their, their, their ability is currently. And mm. I think the Aussies should give that a crack. You know, they've beaten them once. They're going to see the best of them this time. Let's go out there, prove a point. And if Gorge says, all right, we're up by 10 at half, I'm going to rest some guys or it's close at half, I'm going to rest some guys. I can kind of understand that, but I just want to see them play 40 minutes as hard as they can, trying to get the win get on a plane, rest for a few days and then, you know, tick off this box as a huge success uh, and move into Tokyo. But yeah, I think you're going to see both teams out there to win it later, later stages of the game, depending on time and score, maybe see a few guys get rested, but yeah, the mindset will be win. Awesome, man.
0: Well, we'll see how Gorge plays it. Um, Thanks for doing this. This was fun. Let's circle back around and,
1: and do this again soon. I'll try not being in a car next time. I think the three times I've been on, I've been in a car every time. <laughs> You're a busy no, man. I, 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 love, I, love, I love the games. I've literally scheduled all my meetings today around the Boomers tip-off and, and completion. So, no, I'll, I'll be watching every single game and be their biggest supporter. So I'm sure we'll chat more, whether it's on this or offline. Good man. Speak soon. Thanks, mate.